Hi guys, and welcome to episode 214 of the podcast. This is Lindsay, and I'm here today chatting with one of my favorite humans, Kara Reed. Kara is the founder of Radiant Spirit Wellness Coaching in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Kara and I met almost two years ago now at a virtual coaching retreat and actually have yet to meet in person, but that's in the works. I wanted to have her on today to tell us a little bit more about human design. A quick Wikipedia search will tell you that human design is a holistic self-knowledge system. And it seems to be popping up all over the place lately, from social media to professional development circles. So I wanted to have Kara on to tell us a little bit more about how we can find our own human design and how to work with it to create a little bit more ease in our lives. You'll have to forgive me and my rookie podcast hosting skills. I forgot to hit record, so you'll be catching up with Kara and I just after I asked her what led her to human design and what sort of piqued her interest in the first place. Are you looking for someone to save you? Are you looking to be empowered? What is your motivation going into something new? And I really liked human design because it's, it's like a guidebook. You take it and apply it to your life in a practical way. So there's this, this testing of it. And it's also, um, I think what a lot of us are seeking or lacking is this sense of like, how do I go about finding what my purpose is? Like, what am I here for? Why am I here? Why do I feel the way I feel? And it's anchored in traditions that are ancient, that are taught through millennia that, you know, if you want to live a content life, a fulfilled life, you have to look inward. You can't always be looking outward. You have to have the outward experience, but the special quality comes from going inward. And this is a guide map to do that. That is what like hooks me to human design a bit is that it feels like a practical tool that bridges, well, like the science spirituality side of things, but yeah, almost like a self-help tool while also being a personal development resource or like a, a resource to learn more about yourself. I think that's exactly what it is. Like it's using, so the components that I understand it being um, comprised of, you've got the Hindu chakra system. So you've got centers in the body that mimic the the chakras of traditional Hindu Ayurveda. And then you also have uh, uh, the I Ching. So the I Ching was Chinese and it was sort of the book of wisdom, I think they called it. And, and there's 64 of these. And so they match up. So each of these 64 um, hexagrams in the I Ching uh, have different themes or archetypes. And what I really like is that um, when you find something that is new and you start to see that there are certain things that across the board religion say or wise people say and you know one of them would be like you know, thou shalt not kill like almost well all of the <laughs> religions you know don't do that 
So the idea that when you look at the hexagrams, they represent archetypes. We understand archetypes, but we don't have maybe as much of that influence in our Western culture where, you know, we understand the hero, we understand the uh, villain, the victim, the fool. 64 hexagrams have the these archetypes. And then on top of the archetypes, they layer on uh, astrology where it's like the placement of the planets three months before you were born. And then the day that you were born, they take a, a, a snapshot, let's say, of the placement of these planets. And then they align them with the hexagrams. And so you have a column of what they would call your unconscious archetypes, and then a column of your personality, the things that just come through you and you're aware of those types of archetypes, and they're related to different planets. I hear a lot of people say, you know, and all these women who believe in astrology, like it's, it's woo woo. Fair enough. Again, people can use astrology to sap money out of people. They can use it for all sorts of reasons, but we understand at a full moon, the hospitals are busier. The police are busier. We feel weird. And we accept that, yes, at a full moon, this happens. It affects all of us. So why wouldn't a planet like Jupiter, which influences our planet, which actually keeps us from being hit by a lot of comets, the gravitational pull of Jupiter protects us. How can it not also have an influence on us? So this brings in a part of the uh, human design that again, I get really uncomfortable with because of certain people who manipulate it, but quantum mechanics <laughs> falls into it. And even as I say it, I'm like a little uncomfortable because I don't understand how to explain quantum mechanics. But what I do understand is that the laws of the quantum world do not follow Newtonian physics. So gravity, we, we see gravity pulls something down. The same laws do not apply to the components of an atom. And what they understand is there's this idea, and this is where I'm going to get into the weeds. So, you know, don't believe me if you don't believe me. I don't care. <laughs> but... Yeah. If you have two separate scientists looking for the same particle, that particle, the same particle will show up wherever those two scientists decide to look, which blows my mind because that just means that those scientists manifest that energy into visible matter. I can't, we, we don't think we can do that because we don't see it happen like this. I don't blink my eyes and have a stack of money sitting there. But we can, we do this all the time. We've created the world around us from a thought. Somebody thought about creating a system that brings running water into homes. That was a manifestation of somebody's energy. And so there's some truth in it, but I don't understand how it works. But this system, puts it into place and says here, like somebody discovered this, 
see if it works for you. And I'm finding that it does. I'm finding that it gives me a framework to see the world in a more uh, wholesome way. Like I am part of this entire universe. I'm not separate from this. And I get to participate in it when I look at how these archetypes that are true because they've been in stories since Homer, maybe even probably got to be before Homer, and it's traveled all the way through all of these human people to now where we see Marvel movies. It's the same thing that just keeps recurring and we all experience it. And it's just such an empowering way to see like, oh, I do struggle. What do I do in a struggle? Are there good struggles? Are there bad struggles? Am I creating struggle? Can I release struggle? It's looking at life in a different way that makes me feel like I am participating in something greater than myself. And I think a lot of people are searching for that. Yeah, you're seeing it everywhere, like social media, just even in conversations, this idea, like you said, of finding your purpose. And what is that? And, you know, some, you even see that in a lot of more practical context, and then a lot more spiritual, like woo-woo context of finding your purpose. And I think kind of lose some people when we get too far to the no, I don't want to say too far, like there is too far, but when we get more into the woo-woo stuff. Um, and I think some of that is, you know, almost like a lost in translation. You don't speak the language. You're not in the energy and in that type of, um, yeah, just not using that vocabulary. So this big philosophical question of what is my purpose? I know for me, that has always felt daunting. Um, and something I've really liked that's pulled me more towards human design is that balance of there is some real science here. And this was developed with real science, but there is this more divine spiritual element to it as well that, like you said, that it factors in your birth time and place in the three months before and all of the things and circumstances and timing that had to come together for you to be conceived and then you to actually be birthed in the way and the time and experience that you were. I don't think we really think about that, you know, especially I was having sort of a funny conversation with a friend about accidental pregnancies. Um, and, you know, are they really accidental of all the things that had to happen for that to truly, that baby to truly be conceived? Um, especially when you hear people that they were on all the birth control and they did all of the things and they still got pregnant. I find it so hard to say that that was an accident. Um, so there just, are no accidents. Yeah, so things like that, you know, there, there has to be some belief around divine timing or the spirituality of it. Um, and I think we've just... I don't know if it's a conditioning thing that we've all been conditioned to think that's really silly. Uh, but yeah, I think we don't embrace the the miraculous part of that. Well, and I think it's because we don't understand like mystery. Science would say, you know, I feel it. Like I am, my skeptical mind says it's silly to think that there is an influence of the planets or 
you know, that there is a divine uh, purpose for you, that you are created specifically to be who you are and contribute your essence to the world, to the universe. Like that to me seems hokey. However, that approach, like what I was talking about before, that is a far more generous, compassionate, contributive approach, I think. When I think about like me being exactly who I'm supposed to be as the the beauty of of the world. Like I am I am I'm a part of the I don't know if I'm saying this correctly because it's so hard to to articulate, but using the uniqueness of me to make my contribution seems like a really lovely way to live, to really think about yourself as unique, as somebody that has a ultimate purpose that you just need to tap into and really learn about who you truly are, like your true expression of this manifested form of a being. And when you talk about like an accidental pregnancy, it's not accidental. Nothing is accidental. And science and our culture and our indoctrination would like to say that because it's an easy explanation. Like it's just chaos out there and we're stumbling through chaos. We say that because we don't understand. We can't see the pattern. We can't see the bigger picture because we are stuck. Usually most of us just in our head, let alone our body, let alone our connection to the planet, to our galaxy, to the universe. We're only in here. And there's so much more that we're connected to. I love the word essence that you used because it just has like a feeling to it. And I think, yeah, we all can kind of even just catch a glimpse of what that is, whether it's when you're in your own essence and you just feel like lit up and on top of the world and you're doing your thing and there's so much ease to it or experiencing someone else in all of their essence is so attractive. And I don't necessarily mean in like a romantic sexual way, but like you want to be in that energy. Like there's something about that person that it really draws others in. And we might not be able to say in the moment, like, oh, that's them just being themselves and in their essence. And in fact, I think I've experienced this. I'm not proud of it, but I think I've also experienced seeing people in their essence and being put off by them. Yeah. And that's totally a projection of me, almost an envy that they are in their essence and just being themselves and so unapologetic about it. And I think well, that we can all grasp that, what that essence energy is, whether it's in us or in other people, but that uniqueness, like you said, is we are all different, but we are so trying to be the same and achieve the same goals. And I don't know that that's necessarily benefiting anyone or everyone. Um, whereas if we could all embrace our own essence, yeah, it does sound lovely to just be able to show up as you and that be good for the greater good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, 
for me, that's when I, I can like, how do I put this? Like you get a gut feeling or, or that sense that I'm going to open myself up to more of this. I'm going to see where it goes. I'm going to allow more of the woo woo to touch me. And what I've experienced is that the more of the woo woo that I allow to touch me, the less um, judgmental I become because now I can see like, oh, right. Like when I'm not living my essence, I have a pattern that makes me angry. It makes me um, react in a very specific way. And that's another thing about human design. <laughs> it it tells you this is this is going to be a pattern for you. And I'm like, holy shit, like as a manifester, which is one of the profiles in human design, when you don't live your essence, when you're not living up to being the manifester that you are, anger. And that's the indication that there is something that is askew, something that requires internal exploration and that requires compassion for yourself to be like oh i'm i am experiencing this anger i am not anger itself i don't have to be feel guilty about feeling this way towards this person that i probably love but i am feeling some very unloving feelings about <laughs> them and then suddenly you start to see like oh that person does that thing. They're probably struggling. And it's an opening that I think is what our world needs. When we look at how our culture is expressing itself, we are part of this culture. We may not think that whatever person or group is bothering you is not like you. They're an expression of your anger. The culture is an expression of our collective anger. And if we want to change that, we have to change how we express it within ourselves because that's what we're sharing. That's what I'm sharing when I get on the road and immediately feel tense and bullied or rushed and I get angry and then I start acting an asshole to other people. That's, that's the energy. We all understand it, but we don't feel empowered to do anything about it. Human design gives you something to work with because it's like, oh, this is just part of my design. I can work with that. I, you already kind of touched on a bit of a couple of the components of it, but maybe we can go through some of the main components and give people a better idea of what exactly it is we're talking about here. Uh, what are these practical tools or, you know, what is this guidebook? Where does it come from? So what I know is if you look up your human design, you're going to need your birth date and time and place. Um, I can't remember if there's any, I think that's it. Um, and you can look this up in a lot of different places online, but let... free ones, you don't have to pay. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about sort of the, let's start with the energy types. I think you said manifester already. So yeah, break us down, break that down into what are they? What do they mean? Okay, well, I would recommend anybody who's really interested in this to check out Karen Curry Parker. She is amazing. And she has a 
whole bunch of free content that you can really um, use to, to learn more about this. It's kind of hard to talk about um, without a visual. So the chart has a whole bunch of centers, we'll call them. And you will have the centers either colored in or white. If they're colored in, that means that there you have this defined energy in, in you. You have access to it all the time. It's consistent. In a clear or a white center that isn't colored in, this is an open center. So you will experience all of the um, energies associated with those centers, especially if someone you're near has a defined center, you can amplify that energy because you will be playing off that energy. Now, the energetic centers are constructed whether they're open or whether they're defined. Generator is one of the personality types. Yeah, I've read it as energy type. Um, An energy, yeah, we'll use that. Okay. A lot of the different people use different language too. So it's almost like a religion in which, you know, you have this one God and then all these different people start to, to interpret in different ways. So energy center as a generator, you have to have a defined sacral center with a gate. So there's connections to these centers. We'll get into that to a motor motor. So the generator has a motor. They have access to unlimited energy as long as they're doing what they're supposed to, their, their, their purpose, something that enlivens them, that brings them joy. They must be invited or, yeah, they have to be invited in to a project. They can't initiate a project. They need to have somebody give them yes or no questions and they will immediately know yes or no. Most of you who have, who are generators will hear that uh-huh, uh-uh in their gut when somebody asks them a yes or no question. These people make up about 30% of the population. And the next um, energy center would be a manifesting generator. They have all the same characteristics as a generator, but they have a gate to the throat center, which means that they can initiate action. They still work better when they're invited, but they can, they're like a generator on speed. Like they can do that much more. Um, and keep in mind that you might in your brain think one is better than the other. We need all of them in order to, to function. We all work together. Um, Another energy center is a manifester. These people have a motor center. So there's a sacral center. There's, I can't off the top of my head right now tell you all the motor centers, but you have to have one of the motor centers connected to a defined throat. Those people make up about 8% of the population and they're initiators. They are often lone wolves. They can have a really off-putting energy and they have the ability when they're living their purpose to make things happen that you never thought could happen. 
the next um, group would be projectors. They do not have a defined sacral and they do not have a defined throat center. So they are uh, the wise guides. They are, have the ability to um, look at the patterns of our culture and they are able to speak into the world what needs to happen. They are, they're often overlooked and ignored when they offer up this wisdom without being asked. They need to be also like the generator, they have to be invited into the conversation. If they don't get invited, for some reason, people will not hear them. Lastly, there are the reflectors. They're much more rare. They have no defined centers, which means that they're very open and they often reflect back to you, your own energies. And because of this, a lot of people don't like them. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I don't know any reflectors. So I'm only going off the readings of like, it's difficult to be around those people because it really does put you and who you are in the focus. We often don't realize that that's what they're doing. And they'll reflect back the culture. And so you'll know if the culture is healthy or if the culture is unhealthy by your reflectors. If the reflectors are angry and aggressive, then your culture is angry. So those are all the energy centers. Uh, yeah. To kind of, I don't know if archetype is the right word here, but to kind of like pair each of those with something we can maybe get a little bit more context on in our day-to-day -day life. It seems like the, let me get this right, like our manifestors, are like our ideas people. Is that fair? That's the our manifestors. person. It's our like lone wolf. Is that the one? Is yeah, that? like they, they will, yeah, they'll speak a lot of like ideas into, um, into the world. Okay. And then we would have someone like a manifesting generator who might be the person who can sort of see the steps and make the moves toward making that idea happen. And then our generators would maybe like pick that project up once it's rolling and they can carry it through, but maybe they wouldn't be the ones to see the steps and have the idea to get there, but they, they're the doer. Yeah. And then our- They're the workhorses. Yeah. Generator is a good word. They generate energy. Like you yeah. give a generator a task that they love, they will do it until exhaustion. And that's how they're supposed to do it. Complete exhaustion, fall into bed, sleep heavy, and then wake up in the morning excited to do it again. If you're not doing that as a generator, you're wasting your energy on something that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So they're the doers. They're... To be a generator. As a generator, I'm going to have to do a little review of my life. Uh, <laughs> and then, we all do. <laughs> how I see the projectors is almost like, as you were talking, the image I was getting was like, um, almost like a marketing person, something who like 
you know, they see your brand, so to speak, and they can package it and they can like put it out there for the world to see it in a better light or in a, just to like disseminate the information in the brand, if you will. Our friend Laura Wick is a projector. They get an idea and they have this ability to make it into something that, well, it's beautiful. It's in one of the books I read, it's like they are, when you put a orchid in a room, how the energy of the room changes when you put that orchid in there, that's the projector. Like they are that essence again of like what does a orchid bring like it, it just that simplicity that beauty that peacefulness projectors are that and then they you bring your energy in and they're able to like what she did with massage therapy was like I see how this profession is sick or lacking if we turn it into something where women can empower themselves and learn to use massage in a way that allows them more freedom, more money, all of this stuff. Yeah. Like that was, that was a projector. She took an idea and was able to project it out to people. And we all like, Oh yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. And then we have our reflectors. Well, I'm having a hard time coming up with like who they would be, I guess, in day-to-day life. But I'm almost sensing like those, thinking of some people in my own life, they're almost the people who at first glance or first thought you might think they're fake or you might think that they're just, you know, picking up all the trends and staying with what's trendy. And, but again, if that's maybe a reflection of the culture, they're not being inauthentic to themselves. They're just going with the flow of what is popular and what is being reflected by our culture. Is that? I would imagine them like chameleons. Yeah. Like take on the color that they are put on. And I think all of us, like, cause we all have open center somewhere we can really feel that openness I've only got two centers that are defined so all my other centers are very open and this has always been a problem for me I've always felt like oh I copy people or like when I I date a guy like I get into their music into how they talk and like all of their interests I will glom on and I always thought I'm such a fake bitch (laughs) (laughs) But it's not like I wasn't doing it. I liked, like, I liked, they liked it. So I picked up on that liking and I liked it too. And there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Like when I think about it now, and then now I can say, oh yeah, of course I do that. I'm very open, very open. And so understanding that makes me feel better about some of the things I judged myself for. Yeah, that is something I've really, really loved for myself in human design is this compassion it gives you or just understanding for the things we really beat ourselves up about or can really beat ourselves up about or think that we should be better about. You know, maybe we it's not a case of being better at something. Maybe it's just a case of understanding and allowing yourself that bit of grace or compassion because it is who you are and we need people like you, her so open that can just 
gravitate towards things that other people are loving. And yeah, we've again been so conditioned that we all want the same things. We all need to work toward the same goals and have the same mindset. And we think things through so logically Yeah, that I can see how being sort of, I don't want to call it wishy-washy in that sense, but how that might feel has been taught to be a bad thing and that we should be so firm in our beliefs and our interests and our hobbies. But by nature, you're not. Um, and that's okay. Some of us are going to be really firm and some of us aren't. And like you said, we need as the collective to have all of these different energies in play. Yeah. And even like when we think about like defined and firmness, like you have reliable access to an energy, but you don't want to cling to it or hold on to it like you don't want to make it really firm and I think like as healthcare professionals we can feel how we all do it like we don't like the openness we don't like the unreliability of some things in our lives so we try to hold on to other things in order to stabilize it and when you start so this will bring us to the other components of human design that each of the centers have a certain number of numbers on them. Each of these numbers is a specific um, gate. And these gates have themes. This is definitely where I start to get lost in human design. I can like grasp the energy types. I can grasp a little bit of the centers and, you know, inner authority and response. And I can grasp that. But then when we start getting into all these connections and this means this... Yeah, this is where I get in a little over my head, but I also feel like this is where there's so much depth to it and understanding yourself and how you connect with others and sort of where your purpose might lie. Well, and it gives you an opportunity to, let's say, for instance, I'm trying to decide what to do with my business, whether I should move, if I need to stay where I'm at, money is getting really um challenging right now and so there's a lot of confusion there's a lot of fear that I start to experience like I'll wake up in in the middle of the night and be like oh god what am I gonna do and okay confusion I've got some confusion fantastic what I like about this is the I Ching which is the the hexagrams they're correlated to these gates so there are 64 gates which correlate to these 64 hexagrams. Each hexagram, you can use it like, like you would a tarot, right? Like you just pull up a number and I'm gonna grab my chart here. So the sun represents what you're here to give and express to the world. In my unconscious sun, it's 21, which correlates to, let me pull it up. I don't know it off the top of my head self-regulation. So um, this is from Karen Curry Parker, love her. And so the optimal expression of self-regulation is the ability to regulate your inner and outer environment in order to sustain a vibrational frequency that reflects your true value. The ability to be self-generous and to set boundaries that maintain your value and support you in being sustainable in the world. To take actions necessary to honor your unique role in the cosmic plan. 
So let's say I'm struggling with that and I can look at that and I could be like, Ooh, okay. Like I am going to try to apply my current confusion and be generous to myself, set boundaries to maintain my value and, and work on that. So there's a focus that I can put into the archetype in my conscious. That's my unconscious. So my conscious uh, son is in 39, which means recalibration. The optimal expression is the ability to transform an experience into an opportunity to shift to greater abundance, to see the, to see and experience internal or external lack, and to use your awareness of lack to recalibrate your energy towards sufficiency and abundance. I think, oh my gosh, I was doing that already. <laughs> so I have access to that all the time. And I'm like, okay, like, fucking happy. Like, I keep recalibrating myself into this energy that I want to have. And I think so many of us would see that the need to keep recalibrating, you know, the, I think a lot of us can resonate with that cycle of things feel like they're going well. And then we get that same damn feeling again, like we need to recalibrate, reevaluate, you know, change course, whatever phrase you want to use, that we might see that as a bad thing that we are constantly needing to do this reevaluation. But at least in your case, or where the with this son, that's almost part of the purpose, part of your journey, part of is to keep coming back and recalibrating to, I'll say like correct course or stay the course or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that again, it that awareness lends itself to acceptance and comp- self-compassion. Yeah, gentleness. And when I talked about how like there's there's a certain truths that scatter across all spiritual practices it this idea that it's not a huge thing like there isn't this thunderbolt that comes down and it's like my purpose (laughs) you know it's this very subtle thing like the confusion that's my intuition oh I feel that all the time I never gave it its due I never put the crown on the head of this feeling I just you know, whatever. It's it's a usual normal thing. And what I like is that I start to bring sacredness, like this idea of sacredness, which just seems like, oh, that's only in the church. It's only in these special places inside of me. And that's like that's what I love. Like we all need that when yeah, we all need that. <laughs> I think I don't know if you're feeling this too, but I feel I can almost see how this culture, we'll call it, that we've lived in where we are striving for the same goals and have sort of a collective value towards success and power and whatever, our whatever collection of values we want to call it today's world. Um I can see how that in some ways served a purpose. You know, we needed to have this like mind, like mindedness to achieve the infrastructure, the society, the advancements in health and technology. And it sort of feels like that's coming to an end or like 
yeah, how much further can we keep going? It almost feels like it's at a detriment now to society with the way, with how quickly things are changing and advancing with that same mindset, that um, like results oriented, success driven mindset. So it feels like this is so timely to start bringing it back into ourselves and like, okay, we've achieved what, you know, as a society we needed to achieve. How can we make the culture better? How can we invite more ease into our lives? How can we enjoy life more? Because I think, especially after the last three years, I think a lot of us are struggling to find enjoyment or joy in life and it's feeling heavy. So we touched on it a little bit with talking about generators and this like sacral yes, no. And for me, as I said, I'm a generator. And the more I learn about it, the more I realize that these are things I have known or felt in myself my whole life and have either been, I keep using the word conditioned, but we'll go with it again conditioned out of or to start I just didn't put enough faith and trust in those things so for me the most obvious example is that sacral authority and what I mean by that is that like deep rooted yes or no sense so much so when I was a kid I used to often say I feel like instead of I think and I can remember my family and friends and people teasing me for like, oh, she's feeling again um, or saying, do you feel like that or is it that? And yeah. I know now that it, I didn't think it. I felt it. Yeah. <laughs> but I got so far away from that because people teased me and thought that was such a silly way to say it that I actually got away from that feeling and that inner knowing. So now... Thanks to you and knowing that yes, no questions are so powerful for me. Yeah. Because I can instantly know if it is a yes or a no. Whereas if you ask me an open-ended question, I feel lost. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that, I'll say easy for each of the energy types, but tell us a little more about that inner authority part of the chart, because Mm. I think that is where we can sink into the intuition and start to realize what our intuition is or how it works for us. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I envy generators and manifesting generators because I think like you said, like you have a superpower, you have this magnet inside of you that somebody just needs to ask you a direct yes or no question. And you are going to know, it's going to go, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Like 100%, if you're listening to it, you will get that every single time. And that I think was the key for me is that if you're listening and yeah. knowing that there is no maybe, if it's a maybe, it's a no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And think, yeah, and I was so, you know, the, <laughs> the people-pleasing side of me had a lot of maybes. And what I know now is that, yeah, that is actually a hard no. I'm just in on some level afraid to say it uh well and you need something right like sometimes as a child you you can have that yes or no thing but you still need the love of that parent and if you feel like you can't say yes or no freely suddenly that gets tamped down and it's not like your parents were doing this consciously like there was a a 
communal belief that feelings weren't important. Mm-hmm. We may be at another point where now feelings are too important. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like we have to swing the pendulum. And so what I've heard said, which I think is really interesting, is that part of the problems that we might be seeing socially and culturally and and like community wise is because there are so many generators in jobs that they shouldn't be in because they're not listening to that yes or no they're getting burned out and so you have people that are hooked on you know uppers to keep them going you have people hooked on sleeping uh, pills because they they can't fall asleep because their mind is can't turn off like these problems are because people aren't living an aligned life and so you are really lucky that it's going to be obvious <laughs> for you that and that is not it working. feels lucky because I have always felt like such an indecisive person until I really anchored in this sacral yes no this inner authority as human design calls it and it does give so much guidance and ease to the decision making process so do I think you said manifesting generators have that same inner authority that ability to instantly know the yes no what about manifestors what do they what's their intuitive guide so they need to inform and initiate part of the problem as a manifester is well for me was even an um speaking what i wanted to do or what was in my heart would make me cry it was so uncomfortable it felt so vulnerable and I also felt inauthentic like I felt like like people are gonna see that I'm like I just want attention or and in fact I didn't want attention but I I didn't know what to do and I felt compelled to speak like I I will be the first to speak and I'm not afraid of it and manifestors speak things into reality they also need to tell people And that goes against how they feel as loners because I can do it all. I don't need anybody else until I do. (laughs) And so what ends up happening is that I won't inform before I initiate. And then I can't get anything off the ground because I need the people to support. And what ends up happening is I'm afraid that I'm, when I tell people, it's like, they're going to give me permission. And I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I'm very independent. So what ends up happening is I'll get angry, (laughs) which doesn't make me people want to support that or, or participate in what I'm doing. So the struggle is being able to learn to inform people as I initiate things. And that's how most manifestors struggle. So to compare that in a sense to how the sacral authority works for a generator or a manifesting generator, where we kind of know it, is it fair to say for a manifester, you are kind of a person who has to like talk it out and you almost 
hear it or get more assurance as you're talking it out and doing the inform part is that how that well I'm that learning because <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm evolving in this and I'm beginning to think that, that yes that is part of it because I did keep it all to myself because well his, like mom and dad would no 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 all the time so it was like well I'm not fucking telling people then I'm just gonna fucking go do oh I shouldn't swear I sh I'm just gonna go and freaking do it so when it comes to an initiating and then telling people I don't feel grounded I don't feel connected I don't feel comfortable and I don't necessarily feel that uh-huh uh-uh I I'm where that comes in is when things start to come together. Okay. So as I start to do something, like I started body mind, like I felt I needed a community. I had isolated myself because that's what manifestors do. And then COVID hit and it was like, holy fuck, like what is happening? And I just isolated more and more and it felt awful. So I needed community. I needed people who were going to be like me or have that interest. So I met you. I met a bunch of other people and it was like, oh, as I start to talk about this, it starts to come together. And it's one of those like, just little, it's just little, it's not this huge thing, but it becomes huge. And that's where I'm starting to get tingles right now. Cause it's like, yeah, this I'm, I'm in something I can feel that I'm in it. And now I'm starting to get that sense that you have of the, uh-huh, like, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's not immediate for me. It takes time. Yeah. That's I can people. almost think of some people in my own life that I don't know for sure that they would be manifestors, but based on it, like hearing them talk about the thing that they're excited about gets me excited or, you know, it gets other people excited. And I have to imagine that sort of part of that process as a manifester is feeling the energy of other people get excited about your idea will either give you, yeah, more motivation to follow that. Or maybe as you're talking it out, it's not coming together. And that's more of that intuitive side to say, oh, that's not the thing. Um, it's yeah. interesting too, because with these energies, like I need a generator in my life because I do not have that access to abundant energy. So when I'm with you, I will amplify your energy. When I leave you, that energy will go away. And so um, you'll hear a lot, like people go to Tony Robbins. Um, so he's a manifester. And so people get in his energy and it's like, they're walking on coals. Like he, he manifests that energy into everybody and they all feel it because they're open to it. They leave and they're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, yeah. so you amplify. So we get to taste these energies. And the more you realize that, oh, that's his energy playing on me. Then you can start to be more refined in, in your experience. Because that's another thing. Energy is a thing. <laughs> and we don't know 
we don't have a vocabulary for it. And I think that's another thing about human design that really empowers people. It's like, okay, we're going to give words to these archetypal energies because these archetypal energies play in you. They play in all of us and the more, and we associate feelings to those. So yeah, like it's, I love it's the rich. Tony Robbins example because I think we all can perfectly uh, picture that manifestor energy now. But yeah, gets you on top of the world, feel like you can do anything. Yeah, sometimes because he, he can. He he <laughs> believes he makes it happen, and you know, he he doesn't understand a generator who's like, oh, like how come when I go home I can't just do that? Just keep doing it. Yeah, you're gonna be invited. <laughs> how about a projector how does their inner authority work so they? projectors are interesting because oftentimes they will try to be manifestors or um people will treat them like a manifester but they um they have to be invite like they need to be asked there's an example of like a woman going, being invited into a, a board. All these people have really great ideas. They're all talking. She's new. And she tries to like put her hand up to give her two cents and people pay no attention. So she feels frustrated. She feels like she's um, underappreciated. And then three months in, someone looks over at her and says, do you have anything to add? And she will give the presentation of the century and that will change the whole thing for her. She'll become the chairman of the board. But those three months where she was feeling frustrated, she was feeling frustrated because nobody invited her into the conversation. She needed that invitation and then people would listen. They couldn't listen until they invited her. And so it's, it's subtle in the difference, but they have ability once they've been invited, once people ask them their opinion, they can, uh, they're excellent managers and directors, they're intuitive, they're magnetic, they can be perceived as lazy because they also, this is a, another interesting thing that made me feel better is like as a generator, you can go, but the rest of the profiles that don't have these uh, defined sacral centers or root centers, we do not have that energy. And so a nine to five job for a projector is hell on earth. They can't do it. They need the time to sleep in, you know, go for a walk, not be around people all the time because that is exhausting. For manifestors and for projectors they'll get frustrated that's their indication that they need to figure out where they're going wrong in their alignment that frustration or that almost like burnout feeling yeah and then what about our reflectors what is their intuitive guide how do they know if they're following it so the reflectors I find difficult. I always sort of skip them because there's not a lot of <laughs> reflectors that I know. And I'm a sorry to any of the reflectors out there. I know this is <laughs> mean and I'm just learning. Obviously I would go to Karen Curry Parker's website for all the information because she's fantastic. But 
I would say that reflectors, they have to wait 28 days. So oh any, goodness. yes. <laughs> and if you think about this, this is why I often forget about because I'm like, that's just how, how can you live like that? And I think that there is among the human design community, the reflectors don't like this, right? Like it's like you, any decision you make, you have to wait those 28 days, which is a moon cycle, right? So again, we're in that connection to the planets. So because they're so open, and like I was saying before, it takes me time to discern what's an actual yes for me. Because I'll say, I'll think of all sorts of crazy shit to do and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But how much of that do I actually do? Not a lot of it. Reflectors are very similar because they have no defined centers. So they need that time, that entire moon cycle to really like if they still if it, it's still a yes, then yes. But if they've forgotten about it, then it wasn't meant to be. Okay, so Sorry, reflectors. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that is tough. Like, as you said earlier, they take on a lot of other energies or reflect the energy of other people. I can see how you almost are waiting that 28 days to let that visual have is like slough off of you, like to get away from those people to know like, was that my energy or was that just a reflection of the people or the places I was around or in? Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one. Just empowering. I find it very empowering. And if it resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, you don't need to use human design. There's lots of other things that you can do, but I just feel like this is a really encompassing like there's so much depth to it like the things that we've talked about are very superficial um readings on a human design I was just so like this is just the beginning of just starting to understand your energy type and that inner authority or I think the the phrase I've heard in some of the human design stuff is um your not self theme, that sense of frustration or anger. And that's sort of your sign that you are not doing what is meant or aligned for you. Um, and that you're maybe wasting your energy trying to go after that thing. If you're just sitting with this sense of frustration or anger, or whatever it is for your human design, being able to recognize that feeling that in itself gives you guidance to where to go from here. Do you yeah. keep going down that road or do we shift gears a little bit and try something else out? And again, in our current society, there's such a almost shame around giving up and trying something new that if you've got this job, you have to stick it out or yeah, changing jobs often is a bad thing. Um, but there might be a lot of greatness in that not just for yourself but you know say you're the manifesting generator I don't you can correct me if this isn't necessarily true for them but how I see that is maybe those are the people who start jobs they get projects going they get teams excited and then they move on to the next thing and that's not a bad thing that's actually how they're contributing to our world and our society and culture yeah but I think that's exactly right it's the you know like you were saying before, like we needed all of the things that we had up until this point, right? Like we can look at how we structure our 
culture and our society and we can look at all the ways that we're conditioned and think, oh, it was so unfair that, you know, I was conditioned to think that my feelings weren't important. However, that's that, that one perspective, that mindset. But if you shift the mindset to be like, I'm so grateful because it highlighted something that didn't feel congruent. And if I didn't have that incongruency, that uncomfortable feeling of frustration or anger or exhaustion, whatever it is, fill in the blank, you never would have looked deeper into it and been able to break yourself from that conditioning. We need the conditioning to survive. I think what we're experiencing is maybe the hyper conditioning that comes when there's instability and you know there's powers that be that don't want people to feel too free (laughs) it served them very well uh, to not have a lot of diversity and uniqueness and people operating on their own agendas yeah you can't have that in a school you would have chaos you need those kids to sit still and shut up (laughs) (laughs) yeah I like you said you know take what you like from it leave what you don't or what doesn't resonate but it just feels like such a valuable tool to understand yourself better but to also bring more ease into your life and I know for a lot of us it sort of feels like we are swimming upstream yeah trying to figure out our purpose or what life looks like for us what our best life looks like Um, And it feels like human design is a really helpful guide to finding that purpose or, you know, getting closer to it in a more easeful way instead of this big open, you know, for me, an open-ended question is very difficult. So um, yeah, even knowing these like teeny tiny little practical things can be so, so helpful in supporting that, that journey towards your purpose yeah and imagine if this is how you parented your kids like like this is this is a way of embracing like if your parents had known that they had a little generator on their hands they might have been like how do you feel like does that feel right to you (laughs) yeah oh I love it uh well thank you for getting us into the world of human design. I know we just scratched the surface, but um, I will link Karen Curry Parker's website to the episode. So if people are interested in diving into her stuff a little bit more and getting a little deeper, um, we'll have that. And I'll also link Kara's site and all of that if you're interested in chatting more or working with Kara. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.